Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks for joining me on Dwayne's World. A few more recalls on the open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. one 736 736 the open line number. If you'd like to join me, Werribee Kia, awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. You can send through your texts as well on the 40 Winks. Temper text 0433981116. Temper, consumer's choice winner. Mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conform to the exact shape of your body. Still to come... Josh Gablich is going to join us, Juno from afl.com.au. In fact, he's a couple of minutes away, so looking forward to having a chat to Josh about the training sessions he had a look at today. The quiz still to come, so last fan standing quiz. And we'll let you know what you've got on offer. Question-wise, I can give you a little bit of a hint. 50 over one day international World Cups is the topic of choice for the quiz today. That's thanks to Maccas, giving you and a mate a chance to win a trip to Delhi to the second test, Australia and India in Feb. Maccas, all you have to do is be crowned last fan standing. Great to have them on board. And each weekday and summer breakfast in Dwayne's World, we'll give 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly, you keep going. Incorrect, you're out. We'll take the next caller and the last fan standing after the 11th question. We'll have the chance to win. But Josh Gablich has been looking at a couple of training sessions today. The Western Bulldogs and Richmond, I think, has been on his agenda today. And when are we going to find out what's happening with the pre-season competition. What games are we going to get? We're told that it's going to be only one game per team in the pre-season comp, so not the old two-game competition we once had. So we'll have a chat to Josh about whether he's got an inkling from AFL House when that's going to be announced. Probably going to be Tuesday next week, we're told, as opposed to tomorrow, which I was hoping it would be. One here on the text. Keep your text coming through. Uh, Dwayne, do you think the pies are a little old, and if they don't pinch a flag this year, their window could be closed. Pendles, side, bottom, Cox, Elliot, um, Hoskin, Elliot, Adams, Roughhead, Howe, Mychek, all getting on. Um, from Rug in Bo Morris, the interesting part to me is that I do think the good clubs can continue to stay up the top. So even though they might not be able to, because of salary cap constraints, I think Collingwood recruit as they probably wanted to recruit in the last couple of years, I still think is a great club, I won't call them a franchise, is a great club. I think they have the ability like Geelong, Richmond, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, to keep getting it right and lure the right kind of players to their club on a continual basis. Uh, because I think that's the realm we're in in 2023. The good clubs, I think, can avoid the cliff. Josh Gablich has been good enough to join me. Welcome to you, Josh. Great to have you on. In fact, he's about to join us, so we'll come to Josh very, very shortly. Um, I think he's on the line now. Is he? But uh, I think he's on the line. Welcome to you, Josh. You, are you there? Great to be with you, Dwayne. Yes, I've just come back from Punt Road where Tim Taranto has got the Tigers off and running. So footy's uh, not quite back across the comp, but uh, pre-season's underway again, which is good. Yeah, five weeks away from actual games 
being played, internal trials being played. So we're sort of waiting for the AFL to announce this one-game pre-season comp. Is it going to be called the Amy Community Series? Do you know how spread it is going to be around Australia, what we're going to get yet? I'm not too sure exactly what it's going to look like. It's definitely looked a bit different in the last couple of years. There's really just one proper game last year, another organised practice match. So I expect something pretty similar where you know clubs come together and they organise whether it's four quarters or six phases or something like that where the whole list gets involved. We saw that last year. So I reckon we'll see definitely one organised round of games and, and probably a second, which is a bit more informal. But we should know a bit more come the end of the month, I reckon. So we're going to have to wait until that long, do you think? It won't be until the end of this month that we'll find out as opposed to next week? It might be next week. It might be next week. But it'll, it'll definitely become a bit clearer in the next week or two. So, I mean, it is getting closer. We're now just over 60 days away from the season opener. So it would be good to know exactly what that pre-season games look like. But we definitely won't see the three or four games for each club like we used to see. Are we going to see a double header? at Dockland, so uh, two games being played on the same day, so fans can get along to a pre-season doubleheader? It's definitely something that's been discussed. I think it's something that could could happen, which would be good at this time of year, especially with just getting people back into the footy. So I think that's something that's been discussed, but again, I'm just not quite sure just yet how it's going to look. Yeah, because Geelong don't have a venue at the moment. They When they play, it'd have to be an away game anyway, so whether they could be involved in a double header at Docklands um, or Marvel Stadium, obviously. So, yeah, that's I'm hearing that the double header could be on the go as well, so we'll keep an eye on that. If you've got a thought on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you've heard anything about that as to what the schedule might be or if you like the idea of being able to get along and see two, if not maybe three games you could play in the one day at Docklands, um, I think it'd be great. I mean, fans can have a little footy festival of our own before the footy festival in Adelaide. Uh, mid the start of the season. Okay, Josh, what have you seen from training today? What have you been at a few training sessions already? Clubs are some working their way back slowly, but I'm told Melbourne were in full flight yesterday. I was out at North Melbourne yesterday, Dwayne, out at Arden Street. Really hot day out there. Most clubs across the pre-season, they do a really big day on a Monday and a really big day on a Friday. Wednesday's a little bit lighter, but North Melbourne, under the new coach, Alistair Clarkson, went through a really, really strong session. That's part of the program across the summer, I'm told. They're going to have three really big sessions each week. And they did some match gym yesterday, which was a little bit surprising given this time of year, but they're straight into it. I think they had two 15-minute halves of, of match gym and some of the usual suspects stood out with Jai Simkin sort of picking up where he left off. But Cam Zerha looks looks like a man on a mission a little bit at this part of the pre-season. I was only earlier just got back this week, but a few little injury concerns in terms of their recruits at North. Darcy Tucker, he obviously came across from Frio with Griffin Logan. They're both training away from the main group at the moment. I don't know if Tucker's going to be fit in time for round one. He's coming back from, from knee surgery that ended his time at the Dockers. So there's a little bit of a watch on him. Griffin Logan had some osteitis pubis. He hasn't trained with the main group just yet, but they think that he'll get back next month and sort of get some practice matches in and to match him heading into round one. So a few new faces there and George Wardlaw is one. Obviously, so much interest in him during the draft, taken at pick four, had so many hamstring issues last year. He trained away from the main group yesterday. They're just going to be really careful with him because he had three or four setbacks with his hammy last year. So they're just going to be really careful with his program, not just across the first pre-season, but across his first season. So a fair bit going on at North yesterday. You don't often see a lot in that Wednesday session. It's often 
more of a craft and, and waste day. So it was uh, a bit of a surprise to see so much going on. Any inkling? You said Joyce Simpkin was flying. Is he a chance to be captain, do you think? Well, I asked Todd Viney that just before Christmas. We did something with him at afl.com.au and they will go through the process, I'd imagine, in the coming weeks just to make a decision. Obviously, Siebel's been in that role, I think, I think since 2017. So a bit like Dyson Heppel, there's a bit of a wait and see because he's 31. I think he's going to be 32 in the early stages of this season. So time might be right with the, with the new football department coming in. And I think Jai Simkin would be one that's really front of, front of mind. Luke McDonald is the other one who's really highly rated in terms of his leadership and been in the leadership group for a while. So I think if they make a change, it might be one of those two. Any style changes at all? It's hard to get you know, an assessment as to what a club's going to do. But if they do it in a pre-season scrimmage match, sometimes you do get an understanding as to whether they're trying to zone more. Anything that you think Brad Scott uh, is going to bring to the table at Essendon? I've give, I'll given you were there a couple of days ago. Anything that you think um, North Melbourne might be doing under Alistair? A little bit hard to tell just from the one session yet, Dwayne. So give me a little bit more time. I'll be out there quite a bit at Arden Street. But I was at Richmond today and I was only in there for the 2K time trials. So just got to see how some players came back, which was which was interesting. Tim Taranto is the main one. He was one of the best runners at Greater West in Sydney. And he's gone back to back in the 2K. So made a really impressive start to life at Punt Road. And you go Ralph Smith, who played a fair bit of footy last year and excited a lot of Tigers supporters. He shattered him for the entire run and nearly pipped him at the line. So there was less than a second separating those two. It has to be noted that Camden McIntosh didn't run. He's been the endurance king for quite some time. But Taranto beat him pre-Christmas. So Taranto has really come and made an early impression at that club. And I think he was one of the biggest names to move in October. We can't forget last year, he was really hampered by a back injury. He definitely didn't do the best of Tim Taranto. And we had the, the cloud around him in terms of where, will he, where was he going to play next year in terms of 2023. Obviously, he made the decision in the end and he's made a really, really impressive start to, to life at Richmond. And another one that caught my eye today, Dwayne, was Quinton Narkle. I was down mm. at Richmond pre-Christmas. He's obviously trialling for a spot on their rookie list at the moment. They've got one spot available and he looks like a completely different athlete than a month ago and I'm told that he had, has had a massive month away from the club and been really impressive stripped nearly eight kilos off his wow. frame and and really came back and they did the time trial today in two different groups so he was in the second heat with some of the younger players some of the key position players and started pretty slow and he flew home came third and ran under seven minutes and that was thrilled by the way he returned today so just a little watch on him because I think pre-Christmas he was far from a lock to get that spot, and he's really made a, a strong impression on day one back at Richmond. So he's got a month now because the, 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 the deadline is February 15. It's much earlier than it used to be. It used to be closer to sort of March 15, closer to round one, but February 15 doesn't have a great deal of time to earn his second chance, but definitely made a good impact today. And were you at the Dogs as well? I haven't been out at the Dogs. I went to Richmond instead. So I'll get to the dogs at some stage. We're going to go to Collingwood this afternoon. They're back as well for uh, their, their first session of 2023 this afternoon. So check in and see how Darcy Moore and Jordan Degoe are going because we, we know, of course, they're in hospital pre-Christmas with some, some little issues and niggles. So interesting to see how they return. But they've also got Oleg Markov, who's going to start trialling. He won't be there today, I'm told. He starts on Monday. So an interesting one, again, with the SFP. It's a bit of a fascination at this time of the year, Dwayne. So he'll start on Monday. He's obviously got a, a, bit, a bit of a link 
to some of the coaches at Collingwood. Craig McRae and Justin Lepage both coached him during his time at Richmond. He played in that VFL Premiership under Craig McRae back in 2019. And I know they're both pretty big fans of Oleg Markov. So they were surprised that he was delisted after just two years at the Gold Coast Suns. So it'd be interesting to see what he does. He's got three or four weeks now to have a good crack at getting another opportunity on an AFL list. Any idea as to what Collingwood might do captaincy-wise? Again, this is going to be a, a really good watch because I reckon 12 months ago, Carla Adams would have been the favourite to replace Scott Penderbury and Penderbury going around again was almost a little bit of a surprise last year. So I think in the space of 12 months, Darcy Moore has really made some inroads in terms of his leadership. He's a little bit younger than Taylor Adams, two or three years younger than him. And his past two years from a leadership perspective, internally, they, they rave about, about Darcy Moore. So I'd say those two would be the favourites at this stage, but you can't rule out a, a Braden Maynard or a Jack Crisp. Uh, Jeremy Howe, I think, is a little bit too old. He, he, he was a co-vice captain with Darcy Moore and Taylor Adams last season. So I, I think it would be Moore or Adams at this stage, but there are a number of, of options, which I don't think they had two or three years ago. So I think they're really developed in that space. And, and Darcy Moore is probably the one. So I'm interested to see how he returns later this afternoon. He'll be back on the track in about 15 or 20 minutes. So I'll be out there shortly. But I think he'd be the one, Dwayne, if I was picking right now. But again, it's always difficult to assess leadership externally. But from what I'm told, they're wrapped with his last 12 months in that space. Any idea what Geelong might do? Or whether Essendon, whether Sam Draper would be a contender at Essendon? I'm not too sure about Sam Draper. I know Zach Merritt is someone that's, that's highly rated for his leadership and someone who's really worked on it in the last two, three years. Uh, I, I think he would be one that they would consider. I'm not sure it's an absolute certainty that they move on from, from Dyson Heppel. We, we had Josh Marnie on, on, the, on a show pre-Christmas and a bit like Jack Siebel. They're not, they're not determined to, to move on just because they've had a coaching change and a footy department change. But I think Zach Merritt would be one and... At Geelong, I, I think Tom Stewart's a really natural fit. He's been in the leadership group for some time now and was vice-captain last year. And alongside Patrick Dangerfield, I think a bit like Jeremy Howe, Patrick Dangerfield is going to be 33 this year. He's just a little bit old if, if you're going to be replacing um, him. So I, I think Tom Stewart, I mean, you think about his first six seasons in the AFL, he's a four-time All-Australian already, 29. He's been involved in that football club for some time now, including at VFL level. I think he would be a great addition. And I know it's something that's, that's on his mind and something that he's, that he's developed in the, in the past couple of years. So I think he'd be a really great fit. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I like the fact that, you know, Craig Bradley took over from Stephen Kernahan. I, I like a guy who's, um, you know, in the midfield more so. But Tom Stewart, he doesn't strike me. And I've spoken to Tom a few times, but not at length. doesn't strike me as a guy that wants to be out there doing all the media stuff like Patrick Dangerfield does. And I'm just hoping that it's not a burden for him. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Dwayne. It's, it's, we haven't heard a great deal from Tom Stewart no. across the journey, but I think he's prepared to step up. And, and it's obviously not just the media now. There's a fair element of corporate side of things inside a football club in this day and age. And I think he's been conditioned in a way to just think about those sorts of things. So I, I think he would... I don't think there's a real clear, clear standout. I think a Guthrie or a Duncan or a Blitzarves would all be considered as well, but I just think Tom Stewart, in terms, he could be the option for the next three to five years. The other ones are north of 30. Tom Stewart's 29, mm. I believe, at the moment. So I just think he would be a, a really good fit, but I get your point around uh, having someone around the ball. 
And Danger did a leadership course at Harvard over the off-season, didn't he? He did. He did. I think uh, Simon Lloyd, the head of football, did the same course. So there's a few of them that have that have gone. And I think the great thing about Geelong is that they give their all their talent plenty of time off. Mark O'Connor's just returned from Ireland after an extended break, and they sort of just had a little window pre-Christmas to to get back and touch base. But I think they'll get stuck into it in the next uh, this week and, and heading into February. Any other news you've been sniffing around, Josh, before you hit it on afl.com.au for people to read? Well, I, when yesterday I had Dwayne was Tyler Brown, and this one generated a lot of interest because there's a lot of Collingwood people that were disappointed to see Tyler Brown delisted after five years at Collingwood. Obviously a very famous name at that club, and him and his brother were delisted on the same day. So it was a real double whammy for the Browns. And there have been a few clubs sniffing around Tyler Brown throughout the delisted free agency period and the rookie draft in Adelaide did show a fair bit of interest late last year, but they just ran out of spots, especially because they moved Paul Seedsman from the, the primary list to the rookie list, given everything that's going on with him. So they didn't have a spot at the end of the year. And on Monday, Fisher Mackesy retires and it opened up a spot. So Tyler Brown is heading across to South Australia this week and will start on Monday and they'll give him until Feb 15 to, to earn a second chance. But it's a great opportunity for him because he just couldn't quite lock in a, a permanent game at Collingwood this year and gets another chance now under Matthew Nix and he's got the best part of a month like Oleg Markov to, to earn another chance. Great to have you Josh um, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you on a regular basis. I love the fact you've been visiting all the training sessions. Uh, it's intriguing to me to watch the next month unfold. David King told us a couple of days ago and he tells us every year that premierships can be won at this time of year and I, I actually agree with him. I think if you can get a good load into your players without any injuries right now, hit round one with a full list. It is a hell of an advantage. And we know what, you know, what a disadvantage it was for Port Adelaide last year when they got to round one. Their prep wasn't right. Um, lost the first five games and the season's essentially over. So, yeah, big month coming up. Josh, we'll talk soon and look forward to more of your stuff on afl.com.au. Great to chat, Dwayne. Anytime. Josh Gablich joining us. A break. Mark Bickley not far away. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line number if you'd like to join me. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. One suggestion here. If there was a, a two or three game day and night for the fans to go to pre-season games at Docklands at Marvel, why not play a half of footy against two other sides? Yeah, it's not a bad suggestion as well. It's not really a community series if it's in Melbourne, is it though? Dwayne, get the clubs out to the smaller areas of the country. Essendon v Geelong in Warrnambool would be great. That's from Chris. Well, we have been going out to the country areas. I presume Collingwood's going to be playing a game in Gippsland again. Um, that's kind of been the spot for Collingwood's pre-season game. I hope that's the case, but you know the regional areas need to know to get their ground up and ready for these games if they're going to be played there. Uh, Sloan will be captain of Adelaide. Take it to the bank from Berger in Chatty. Um, that's from Joel. Um, yeah, that's, uh, and keep your texts coming through and I'll read a heap of them out because uh, so many intriguing texts coming through at this time of year telling me stuff that I'm always uh, waiting to hear and can be unaware of and we'll broadcast that for the masses. You were Dwayne's well. More to come after this, including Mark Bickley.